0: Greetings, I'm Jennifer Kennedy, the lead for quality at CHAP, and welcome to this month's CHAPcast. Today, I'm talking with Tim Henold from Care Advantage about in-home care. How are you doing today, Tim?
1: Hey, Jennifer. Doing terrific. Thanks for uh, having me on CHAPcast.
0: Absolutely. Uh, We have important things to discuss today. But before we jump in, um, could you tell us uh, a little bit about yourself and uh, a little bit about your organization?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Tim Hanold. I'm the CEO of Care Advantage. And uh, Care Advantage is a uh, home care company that serves uh, the Mid-Atlantic. So we're uh, Mid-Atlantic defined as Virginia, D.C., Maryland, and Delaware at this juncture. And um, we're predominantly a personal care company, but with a very sizable uh, skill division and also a staffing division. And um, so this year, we'll we'll serve uh, over 15,000 patients in the area where the the, the largest privately held home care company in the area where uh, it's a very uh, balanced uh, payer mix of uh, private pay on the personal care side, Medicaid, VA, um, uh, workers comp uh, on the skilled side, it's uh, Medicare. It's uh, also, you know, just the other payers, the MCOs and, and so forth. And um, we, uh, we have a really nice uh, ecosystem, a continuum of care in the home. Um, and, and, and uh, we're also, you know, to have very strong uh, relationships, you know, across, across the area, partnerships with uh, larger payers and uh, providers alike. So uh, that's a little bit about uh, care, care Advantage. And um, for myself, probably what's most remain, you know, to this audience, uh, my uh, healthcare experience it was at a, a company, uh, Medtronic, for a number of years. And oh,
0: yeah. I remember Medtronic.
1: To, yeah. <laughs> yeah it was so I was a part of division of Medtronic, and Medtronic, obviously, with uh, through m and a you know continued to uh, accumulate other other assets and things like that. so and then um and then uh, that that uh, really kind of uh put me into the the world of uh, home care because uh, I spent a lot of time with like hospital systems and putting together uh, kind of like deals and things there. and um i I worked for a, a, a company called Senior Bridge, which was a startup out of uh, Metro New York. Um, it was uh, 100% personal care. It was a private pay company and something where we had a lot of success. And there were a number, number of years we really uh, expanded and kind of scaled nationally with our biggest footprints in Metro New York and also Florida, and then uh, became one of uh, Humana's first kind of uh, forays into the home. So, uh, And we were aptly named Humana at Home. And so uh, a lot of uh, really wonderful things happened there. Spent some more time with Tumana and then had this uh, really terrific, uh, fantastic opportunity to come down and, and work uh, with uh care And CareVantage is is uh, backed by a financial uh, private equity sponsor, Searchlight Capital Partners. And this is a really important part of their overall growing uh, health care portfolio.
0: Well, that's great. We're really glad you're in the area because providing in-home care is so, so important. And on previous CHAPcasts, you know, we've talked about different aspects of hospice care and home health care, but we really haven't touched on in home care services yet um as you've described. So it's really great to have you as our expert on the podcast today uh, to talk about the reality of providing this really vital and forgotten, unskilled area um, of the uh, care continuum. So I'm excited to have a conversation with you today. Thank you.
1: Excellent. Yep, I'm uh, looking forward to it.
0: So, the, I guess my first question is, um, you know, how do you present the value of uh, home care? I'm,
1: I'm glad you brought that up because uh, even inherently in the name, you know, there's there's certain like you know definitions of like here's you know the skilled care, here's the unskilled right. care, yeah. and um, you know when it comes to there's a lot of skill to uh, what is it, maybe kind of like a monikered or, or uh, tagged as unskilled in the home, so. Um, if you if you think about it, just uh, especially over that kind of like longitudinal, long term relationship with the uh, client, with the, the member, with the patient, you know, whatever's the uh, the appropriate name for the uh, the appropriate payer source and setting, um, it's a, it's really an important part of the healthcare system, and uh, it's it's something that is is more and more being uh, viewed as you know an important kind of Kind of a fulcrum to the success of of, uh, of a patient's uh, you know just just long-term care and um, there's so many things that we can do now in the home um, versus you know uh, a nursing home or um, you know an institution or something along those lines and so that kind of uh, that unskilled kind of like group is something that's really showing off of uh, a lot of skill and value in in the home and um, and that's something that You know, when you're looking at value, uh, how do you present that in a way where it's, it uh, builds value for, for, for payers and for providers. So, you know, hospital systems, other larger groups, uh, you know, uh, private care, personal care physicians and things of that nature too. Probably what is a little bit more obvious is the, uh, you know, the, the payers and the, you know, the payer system. So I think about that and, um, you know, you have to define, you know, the, the value of care through, um, how you perform through your outcomes, and um, so for example, you know we're in a number of uh, pay-for-performance uh, arrangements with uh, large payers, whether it's uh, Anthem, United Healthcare, right. um, you know Centera you know, and some of these others um, here, uh, which is Virginia Premier and Optima here in in uh, in Virginia, and then obviously we work very closely with uh, Aetna and Molina, and so. But, you know, you you get graded upon, you know, what are the performance indicators? How efficient are you uh, in your overall delivery of care? And then also, uh, what do the member outcomes look like, whether it's patient care, safety, service indicators, and, um, you know, these things can be really kind of wound into uh, different types of arrangements, like a level one, kind of a marginal upside, no downside risk, and then Others that, you know, get a little bit more progressive is like a level two kind of a downside risk where you're shared, you know, claim savings. So there's um, there's a really uh, a brand new, I think, uh, well, a a refreshed, let's say, appreciation for the personal care component, that long term care in the home. And if you think about it, it's like um, it's something that. Uh, you, you know, you've seen uh, whether it's payers or whether you've seen it with uh, large providers, just taking uh, bigger bets on, you know, care in the home and kind of that, you know, what would classically been an HHA or, or a PCA or CNA. And I know my audience, you know, the home care operators here, you know, can can appreciate kind of the um, alphabet soup there, if you will. Right. <laughs> but it's uh, it, it's something where it's it's uh you know maybe had in the past been perceived as a lower skill in the home you know helping out with you know ADLs IADLs and things of this nature but uh, it's also something that um you know social determinants of health when you look at that that's uh that's a real that's a real indicator of whether someone's going to be able to successfully stay at home or not based upon you know getting the getting the uh, just a, the specific Um, services that they need so that they can stay and, and, you know, live and independent and live with dignity over a period of time, you know, in their natural habitat. Yeah, which that's
0: is, that's know, a key piece, a, isn't it? Because, you know, when you look at um, baby boomers today that are aging out, you know, you can read article and studies and, you know, the, they, they want to age at home. That's what they want to do. So they're not selling their houses. They're staying where they are and they want services to come to them and they want to be as independent as they can for as long as they can. So, uh, you know, incoming care advantage, you know, that's, that's the perfect arrangement where we can see um, community health as at at its best, I think, because I have a great love for community health, and in home care, you know, and that's where you step in, and you um, uh, support that quality of living of that person who wants to age at at home, you know, and, and uh, I think, that's so important, and we really need to, as a as a healthcare community, really start pushing for that more than we have. I think.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that because it's uh, it's just really the, the the recognition of this almost kind of a forgotten resource of you know caregivers in the home because it's uh you know there's um, there's some sort of uh, health episode uh, go to a hospital right. or go to a nursing home you know there's a lot of attention on that also you know within just kind of Maybe pre-post, you know, with a primary care physician and other specialists. Obviously, when it comes to skilled uh, hospice palliative, I mean, those are really incredibly important parts of that kind of it overall is, ecosystem. Yeah. Um, but but something that is is continuing to gain uh, more perceived value and actual value, and now we're delivering real ROI around these things. And I can get to that in a second. You know, what you should be measuring, what are the things that come to mind, um, what are what are the justification around value, but. Anyway, like you said, is that you know people want to stay in their home as long as they as long as they can, right. and uh, it's the setting of preference, but also it's the most cost effective setting too.
0: So you mentioned payers, um, and I, it sounds like you have good relationships with a number of different payers. What are they looking for um, when uh, they're willing to pay for this kind of service for uh, an individual?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I would start with. You know the the approach and how to make progress is really important. But maybe before we get to that, is the service capabilities in the home that can support the MCO mission, right? So, um, no margin, no mission. Yeah, so a, <laughs> a number number of different right. Agencies, right. Which, by the way, we've we've also we've also used uh, that that saying in a number of sessions too. Um, but uh, you know, there's 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 a handful of things that that matter a, a lot to a, a payer. So. know enhance member member experience overall membership growth risk adjustment um, optimizing different types of programs uh, you know the way they get paid whether it's bonus bonuses incentives or performance withhold programs things of that nature and then also how they're you know managing the uh, the MER or the MLR uh, also very very similar kind of uh, nomenclature there so those are the things that matter. You got you know, the MCO needs to be growing consistently. Um, they need to be growing in a which uh, it's 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 really enhancing the membership experience. Of course, these things go hand in hand. That equals like overall retention, and also equals word of mouth and telling their friends and family that they should be with that particular organization. And then also. Um, Really important as they scale, they scale in a, in a quality way, and so managing those expenses because they they, uh, they do have a very very tight uh, you know profit margins at the on the bottom line.
0: Absolutely, and and you mentioned my favorite word, quality. I heard it. So uh, I'm really interested in you know what kind of key performance indicators do you see some of these pairs measuring um, as it relates to in-home care.
1: Yeah, so some of these are like, you know, table stakes, but obviously it's the way that you go about your work um, uh, creates, you know, the proof or not that what you're doing um, actually uh, works. And, uh, and so is there an actual return on these things? So, um, you know, ER visits, um, hospitalizations. Those are probably know, big, setting. right? those are are very large. So one, two, three, and then maybe not in ranking order, but the other one here that I think that comes up over and over with um, at least our conversations with our our payer partners is, um, you know, uh, is is being able to kind of curb and lower the attrition from home and community-based services to a nursing home or, you know, a long-term kind of like institution. So, you know those three things, and and they all kind of like happen in a pattern, right? It's not just one happens independently. You go to the ER, you get hospitalized, you go to a nursing home, <laughs> and uh, and uh, if there isn't a you know you know from utilization management others if there isn't a a good way back into the home where you know it's stable over a long period of time. Which again, I think we're really in a positive way, you know, pushing um, pushing the mentality and the thinking around what we can actually accomplish in the home. You know from High acuity, medically complex, right, behavioral right. things of that nature. That, um, in, in indeed, especially again, that ecosystem. You know, uh, skilled partnered the right way with, with uh, the personal care, hospice, palliative. Obviously, being part of that entire continuum of care. Then there, there's very little that, that that we we can't do in the in the, you know in the medical home. So, those are, ER hospitalizations um, and the just overall you know sniff, you know, so um, try, you know, uh, bend, bending the curb on you know, how many uh, how many folks are being uh, the attrition or those that are actually getting discharged to a nursing home. Um, other things that matter a lot, you know, some, I'll kind of may, maybe call it some subset KPIs is caregiver continuity. So um, how can you demonstrate that you, you send the same caregiving care team over a long period of time? It's not easy to do. It's pretty difficult. So um, cause once you get the right match, uh, kind of this is matchmaking. So yeah. Yeah. When that happens. Then you build, you build bonds of trust. You build rapport over a period of time. And when that happens, great things happen, right? Um, that leads to strong membership satisfaction. And I've always been really, uh, happy to hear how important membership, member satisfaction and, you know, those things um, amongst all the different ways you get, you know, a, a payer is, you know, filled with actuarials, they, they've, you know, you know they're uh, financially driven in a number of different ways. But, but uh, what I see as a, a North Star with our partners is that the membership satisfaction, that's first and then everything else essentially, kind of that virtuous cycle kind of comes off of it.
0: Exactly. I mean, you know, first of all, I love that, you know, you're educating and pushing a different pathway to sort of break that churn of hospitalization, well, usually ER, hospital, skilled nursing facility, and maybe, you know, nursing facility from there, right? There's There are other options. Um, and I love that that you're educating um, providers and payers that there is another option out there because, you know, it really does, it changes quality of life. When someone can stay in their familiar environment, um, heal whatever they have to do, increase their um, potential if they're, if they can, um, all with someone coming to them rather than them being in a place that um, may depress them, might feel foreign to them, you know, uh, you know, the gamut. So I'm, I'm loving that. I'm really loving that.
1: I would, I would also mention too, you know, what, um, from our interactions with payers is that uh, ensure that like, uh, and again, kind of like um, I'll call it, you know, variables of success. Like, you know, what are the right types of approaches, you know, how to make progress, start the conversation moving along. So a partnership mentality, you know, open sharing of, of data, uh, knowing and understanding their business. Some of the components that we just talked about, like how you know what what's on their 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 performance scorecard. Right. You know, at the end of the year, what does good look like? And then you um, remember, everything comes back to the member and uh, going back to that member member satisfaction. For example, um, you know, case studies, and it's like you know, you're looking at. You're looking at typically, you know, you know, uh, APT, right, admissions per thousand. So you're looking at everything in thousands and tens of thousands right. and so forth in some of these lar- larger, larger organizations. But something that is always really key is to, you know, uh, you know, at least every single interaction, if you can, breaking it down to uh, a member story, an anecdote, and um, that that's something that uh, I mean, that's you know, that's our why, and that's also you know, the payer's why too is is about you know. Well-being and um, you know creating a, a as 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 high of a uh, you know kind of a, a life and satisfaction as as possible um, whenever it comes to you know the patient the client the their client or members.
0: Yeah, that's important to really assess where you are and to see if you can up your you know level up your performance. Right, so you have to know that you know where you are piece before you can move anywhere forward.
1: Yeah, let, let me give you an example. It's, um, it's a story I, I, I like to tell, and keep it pretty pretty short here. But we, um, we we're partnering with uh, an MCO, and this really kind of demonstrates the, I believe, the 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 power, uh, the simplicity, but also uh, the complexity too of um, of all the different things that we can do in the home through you know a personal care um, service delivery system. So um, and this, uh, this, this member, this patient is still with us, but, uh, IBS, uh, you know, morbidly obese, uh, had, you know, a history of falls, um, and then also really suffering with, you know, the, uh, the symptoms of, of IBS and, and, uh, just overall pain management and, you know, less, less than a year, uh, multiple trips to the ED specifically due to pain and, you know, just kind of, uh, difficulty complying with the overall therapy. So, um, we stepped in. Um, we our, interve- our interventions that, that we essentially you know jumped in with, and and by the way this was our you know our nurses in partnership with the care coordinators from the specific uh, MCO. But we paired an RN on our clinical team that had expertise in, in this condition. Uh, you know essentially got the uh, the member to a new GI specialist, diet education. You know uh, those recommendations were extended and wellness breathing techniques on how to better cope with the pain that, you know, the, the trip to the emergency room wasn't always the, uh, the automatic button that, uh, this member needed to push. And, um, you know, a dietitian appointment was scheduled. We did some great things around food, um, you know, the dietary el- elimination of different things that, you know, was was irritating, you know, just her overall, her overall. I'll say her constitution, and and um and then educating on when the ER is the the right choice and when it's not. Um and certainly that was like an education uh, both for um the the member, but also for the caregiver that was, you know, working uh, working alongside and had this like, you know great partnership with us and that caregiver in the home. So that customized plan gave her a uh, just kind of brand new hope uh, on how to like live through that chronic pain. She developed trust with our team. She d- d- developed uh, additional uh, trust with, you know, our nurses, but also just as importantly with the MCO, with the care coordinators. And um, it was, uh, you know, what was a beautiful thing. It was like the you know, power to kind of like self-advocate, you know, and um, just understanding more about, you know, how she she could uh, take care of herself and through, you know, just you know, these number of different kinds of interventions that we went about and that, you know, post after this, you know, obviously, obviously too, you know, we looked at a, you know, a, a different diagnosis with, uh, you know, IBSD and kind of like there was um, some other things that, that we were able to do there to, to uh, even more so kind of like, you know, properly uh, uh, help and support, you know, this member and, um As of, you know, the last time that I checked in, there was no reported falls and uh, no recent uh, hospitalizations or ED visits. So you can see, like, you know, the power of kind of going that extra model, uh, the mile and, uh, you know, just coordination amongst all these different teams really uh, created a powerful outcome.
0: Well, that sounds like comprehensive care management at its best. So Tim, I want to thank you for joining the podcast today to talk to me about uh, in-home care. It's it's really so important, and I feel like there, there's a huge swath of people out there that could really benefit um, from having this type of care. Um, do you have any closing thoughts for us?
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, first of all, thanks for having me. Greatly appreciate it, and um, for uh, for just you know the entire. Um, you know all those all those who are working in the home, all the different providers. You know how can they uh, continue to kind of like you know push their thinking um, beyond what we've done in the past, and you know the power of collaboration, and uh, also just uh, how can we continue to position the home as you know the right setting uh, for choice across the healthcare system. We've um, we've made a really great run at it over the last number of years, and now is a, to continue to kind of like. You know, uh, stand up and really kind of like just be the, the, the beacon for the, the healthcare system. Uh, we are the solution.
0: Man, I'll sign on to that mission any day of the week. Thanks, <laughs> thanks again, okay. Tim. And the CHAP team and I thank you for taking time out of your day to plug into our podcast. Hopefully, um, you've taken a small pearl of wisdom from our conversation today. Stay safe and well and thanks for all you do.